Welcome to Grace in Public, preaching and teaching in the heartland and all around the world. Welcome to today's program. We have a really wonderful message about restoration, about reconciliation, about rebound. I hope you'll enjoy this message preached in 1983. Now, 2 Corinthians 5.19 says this, To wit, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and is committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Verse 20, Now we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us that we pray you in Christ's stead, that be ye reconciled to God. For ye made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 19, or rather 18, we should have mentioned, And all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The word reconciliate, or reconciliation, is katal lasso. And this particular word is only one party initiating the reconciliation. It's not mutual hostility. It is not mutual concession. It is not two people's fault. It's the sinner's fault, and Christ does all the reconciling. By sending his Son to die in our place and to shed his blood so that reconciliation can be our privilege if we choose to believe and accept Christ. Now, I want you to ponder for a moment. This word means the change of one party inducing action on the part of the other. What would happen if Jesus Christ quickened his body throughout America and throughout the world with a spirit of reconciliation? You know how it's done? Through thinking the same content. Through Nema. And you know what the content is? It's Every believer doing his own thinking, but he thinks from doctrine as a basis. Now, God, doesn't the Bible say man shall live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth? Doesn't it? Why is that so repudiated today? Why is that ignored today? Because people don't have specific knowledge of the truth. Doesn't it say, sanctify them in my word, my word is truth in John 17, 17? Doesn't it say, hide the word of God in your heart? Doesn't it say, when the word enters, we have light? It says all of this, so God wants his people to be able to live in God's reconciliation mentally and emotionally, and then to be able to be ministers and servants that reconcile others. Reconciliation. Reconciliation is the changing of minds about something and the joining together through the alternative of grace. Now you picture when you learned and I learned that Christ paid for all of my sins and reconciled me to God. Now, I'll go to hell if I don't receive Christ. I have to believe on his death and burial and resurrection or lest it's not implemented. It's not, it doesn't count. But when we believe, the reconciliation takes power and force over us. And never again is there a barrier between us and God. Reconciliation. 
Now there's another beautiful word for reconciliation in Matthew 20, verse 24, chapter 5. And that word for reconciliation is dialasso. And that's when two people change their mind. And they get together and they meet at the cross to rejoin their former friendships. It's when enmity is turned into friendship in mutual concession and mutual hostility and is into mutual friendship. What does it mean when two people reconcile? It means they think the same thing about themselves. They're sinners. They think the same thing about Christ. He died for their sins. And they transfer the forgiveness he gave them to the party that did something to them. And at the cross, the enmity is removed in their relationship and they are reconciled. But that particular word, dial lasso, takes two parties to do it. What if I wrote 25 letters and made 25 calls to somebody, to people, and they didn't respond to it? Reconciliation is impossible, but it's available. When Christ died for our sins, he made reconciliation possible by removing the barrier of sin. But if sinners don't accept it, reconciliation has been made, but it's not in force. So if you have need of reconciliation, there's only one thing you can do. Offer the mind of Christ for that party. If they don't accept it, reconciliation is available, but it cannot become a force. Another word for complete reconciliation is apokotelasso, and it means completely done forever. The Gentiles and Jews are one body, and so forth. One of the greatest principles in the scripture is the grace to recover. You know, there's n no one can offer us what God does. We stand in a brand new beginning every single moment. If you blew it last year, you recover and it's, God doesn't have a record of your blowing it. He erases it. And he erases it from all knowledge. Can you imagine what it's like for God to erase what you did from all knowledge, omniscience? Well, that's what the Word of God says. He blots out aphimai. He forgives and forgets, the Greek. And he blots it out. One of the greatest things that Christians that don't understand how to think specifically, they don't appreciate recovering. Recovering is something Jesus said seven times if necessary in a day in Luke 17. Recovery means totally restored in fellowship. How many people have stepped out of fellowship by reacting to what people think that don't know the finished work? What Satan tries to do is to get us to step out of fellowship and react to people and defend. But we never have to step out of fellowship. Just recover, just like that. Name your sin and don't condemn yourself. And may I say this to this, not one single Greek word that says be sorry. You say, how about 2 Corinthians 7, 9, godly sorrow worketh repentance. That's right. We probably will be sorry because we love Jesus so much. But sorrow has nothing to do with God's accepting us when we rebound. 
You just name it and the fellowship is restored just like that. I'm no, I'll never become familiar with it, thank God, and you won't. It's a precious, precious thing. We will not take grace as a license to sin. We love holiness. We love righteousness. We love purity. We love godliness. We love it. But we must never, ever forget recovery. Oh, Miguel. And finally, revival. What is revival? Well, anazao means to live again and to regain your life. It means to flourish and blossom with brand new living provisions. In Luke 15:24, when the prodigal son came back, the father said, My son was dead. And as alive again, he was lost and is found. They began to make merry. This word, anazao, anazao, is right there. And it means to regain life. What a beautiful thing is to regain life through believing, through humility, and through simple grace in Christ. Here's a person. They've been through terrible chastisement because they didn't get right. And finally they realize it's all mercy, it's all grace. And they believe and they're restored completely with no guilt complex, no condemnation. They're just as spiritual as anybody in the ministry of God anywhere in the world. All because they've been revived according to God's standard of grace. God's standard of grace is mentioned in Psalm 119, 154. Quicken me according to thy word. Another word for revival is anathalo. And it means to flourish with great fruit, to spring into divine activity. Now, picture it. Here's a person that hasn't taken prayer seriously. Now they go to the prayer room. They weep over the lost. Maybe they do it in their own bedroom. It doesn't matter. But they pray. They've had new life so that their heart springs into the activity of prayer. Instead of fainting, they come boldly to the throne of grace and pray. They see the possibility of the third worlds that we'll be going into, and many Christians are already there. They see the possibility of Australia and New Zealand, and one half of Africa that still is untouched. And they see the possibilities of India, where our folks suffered so very much. And they literally... Pray with a tremendous compassion. You know what they've had? A revival in prayer. Here's somebody that loves Jesus and they're going to heaven, but they've never gone out soul winning and sharing Christ in boldness. And they don't care about their reputation or about convenience and comfort as a priority. And because they feel that they have a certain age, whether it's young or old, and the Bible is real, they begin to get bold about sharing Christ. And they consistently, in their own little way, begin to tell people what is the real meaning of Christianity. Sharing the gospel. And they get revived in soul winning. They get revived in soul winning. Is somebody else that hasn't studied properly, and study isn't legalism, and it's not works, but they love it, and they get revived in tremendous periods of studying to show themselves approved. And here's somebody else that reads that love one another as I have loved you. And they realize the amazing truth about love. 
that God loved Esau as much as Jacob. The Bible doesn't say that he hated Esau at all. That's anthropopathism. It's not in the original Hebrew whatsoever. So here is Esau as well as Jacob. Here is Ishmael as well as Isaac. Here's the prodigal son as well as the elder brother. When we come in the quiet place of our hearts to realize that every single person, everyone that you and I might not be getting along with is loved just as much as we are. So all of a sudden our hearts are revived in God's love. And we begin to love the Master. What a beautiful revival it is to love yourself. Don't be down on yourself if you've got some bad habits. Just be loved into correction. Don't be down on yourself if you think you haven't had the best year. Love yourself into acceptance. Please learn to love yourself. Give yourself grace. It's the best way to go. It'll make you more like Jesus. Love yourself. You don't deserve it, but you can have it. A revival of love. While the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. A revival of loving the body of Christ. Listen, would you treat somebody's backslidden tonight just like you would treat somebody's spirit-filled? If you wouldn't treat a backslidden Christian with the same love that you treat a spirit-filled Christian, you don't love properly. It means that you are a legalistic Christian that's living in the energy of self-righteousness. Thank God that the prodigal son came home and got the ring, the robe, the fatted calf, the provision of the father. He was kissed on the neck. He was greeted. He was loved unconditionally. Thank God that love unconditional heals the emotions and scars. Thank God tonight... David failed with Bathsheba and the child was taken. But finally, after the child died, he got up and he began to love himself and carry on his duties through self-love. Thank God that throughout the Word of God, we see this described. Paul is failing miserably and he's not doing well. He didn't make a mistake. He made lots of them. He said, the things I do I shouldn't be doing, and the things I don't do I ought to be doing. And he didn't get out of it by any particular thing other than by self-love. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ. He knew that God loved him unconditionally, so he entered into self-love with God's love. And he said, no condemnation. <laughs> self-love. Listen. You're standing in grace. Flourish in it. You're, you're, you're loved by God. It will never be taken from you. So be renewed by it. Love yourself. Love yourself. And if you fail, name it. Don't dwell on it. Don't be condemned. But go on by loving yourself. And when you love yourself, it's pretty hard to do much this wrong. If it's God's love and not pride. You say, I don't think I'm good looking. Well, remember, it's the soul that counts. <laughs> Listen, if we pray through grace and love ourselves, if we give ourselves grace, and then we love one another deeply and significantly with precious love and investment, we have a revival of love. We need a revival 
we've got revival going on, and I think you love yourself. But I want us to always grow in that capacity. And finally, forgetting the things that are behind and pressing on to the things which are before. Forgetting the things that are behind. The word forgetting is neglectum forever. Neglectum forever. The word pressing is with all your heart through grace. With all your heart through grace. The word prize is something that's bestowed upon you because of your heart attitude. Not because of what you do, because of your mental attitude. So, think with me. Paul says, forgetting the things that are behind and pressing on to the things which are before. I press toward the mat for God to bestow something on me because of my high calling. The high calling in Hebrews 3, 1 is a heavenly calling. And he says, listen, I'm after one goal. And that goal is to think with Christ, to love through Christ, and to share Christ. You see, it's so simple we want something deep. But it's so deep we don't understand how simple it is. The Lord Jesus Christ, Paul said, listen, I haven't developed yet. I'm still developing. He said, I haven't attained yet. I'm still learning. And I'm going forward, chasing Jesus Christ and pursuing Christ. He said, I haven't attained. I haven't achieved. I'm not familiar. When I go to these places to speak, it's funny. Two or three will come up and say, I don't the pastor isn't giving me any food. Then five will come up and say, well, come here. Father, see the food he's given me. He just studies. and Then I go somewhere else and somebody will say, we just get reconciled. I love that pastor. And somebody else will say, I'm not getting fed by that pastor. What's the problem? The problem is some people are pressing after a prize and some people are familiar with the way. And they're proud because they think they know so much, they want intellectual stimulation instead of loving revelation. Loving revelation is when I apply simplicity. And stimulation through intellect is when I want to be to intellectualize beyond grace. I've met a lot of people that grow and they get stinking proud. They become observers and they can tell everybody how it is when God is already in the plan working it out. Thank you for tuning in. If you can, don't forget to send a tax-deductible gift to us. Your generous donation made to our program promotes this broadcast and ones like it going out on the Internet and broadcast on local stations throughout the United States. So please prayerfully consider what you can give. Find out how to give your donation at www.graceandpublic.com. Philippians 3, 13, and 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. So how do you, how do you rebound? How do you, how do you get out of the rut of negative thinking? How do you forgive yourself? <laughs> How do you move on with God? It's it's amazing. 
These principles embedded in this verse, these verses in Philippians. Count not myself to have apprehended. I, I don't understand it all. I don't understand sometimes my own cycles, my own weakness. I don't get it. I also don't get how for me God is all the time. How available a provision is from heaven. How God can come into a situation and quicken us and make us alive again. It says in John 16:13, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak, and he will show you things to come. Amazing. And so this communication that's going on, it's amazing that we think in our lives we can sometimes feel isolated and alone. But there's a communication going on that Christ is communicating, that the Father is communicating, and the Spirit hears this communication and passes on those communications to us in some manner, in some form, through the pulpit, through the Bible, through other believers, through our own meditation time, hearing from him, our prayer times, sometimes through times of worship, sometimes when we're alone and we're quiet before God. God communicates to us what's coming from heaven, what's being communicated in heaven to our inner ear. We realize we're awoken from the sleep that we're in. It says in Jude 21, Keeping yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We keep ourselves in the love of God. We stir ourselves up in the love of God. We look for mercy from, from Christ, from heaven. And in that pursuit, it's amazing. This is, this is what I rebound to. <laughs> and often the focus of rebound is what I'm rebounding from. But really how I rebound is by reaching forth unto those things which are before, pressing forward, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And that's how I rebound, really, is I look up. We'd love to hear from you, so please go to our website and contact us. The web address is www.graceinpublic.com just you, you listening to this program. Look up. Look up today. Look up tonight. Look up this morning, this afternoon. Look up. Look unto Jesus. Press towards God. If you don't know Him, if you've never received Him as your Savior, then there's that first place, that first thing we agree with God about. We look up at the cross we see what he's done on our behalf. That he died with all of our sins upon his body, was buried, rose from the grave, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. So he can literally rebound, rebound because he does he does the reconciliation. It's that reconciliation that's one sided, that's one person. And that's the person of God reconciling us unto himself. Salvation is of the Lord. We look up, we agree with God, and he saves us. So you can pray a prayer something like this. Lord, sense your presence now. 
I pray that you would come into my life. I agree. I rebound from a life of sin. Into your arms I cast myself. Give me a life of righteousness based upon what you've done on the cross. Save me. Come into my life. If you said a prayer like that, said that prayer or a prayer like it, and you've believed in Christ, then you're a new creation. You can bounce back from anything that life throws your way because the Spirit of God is in you, sealing you, and you have great opportunity to be filled with the Spirit and to grow in grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ and in the Word into an awesome person who can't be kept down by anything that life would throw at you. Thank you, God. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.